Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, this is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, it's 5:47 a.m., and I don't want the night to end. I want it to carry on. I want some more sets. I want to have that semi-final night all over again because I think we've just witnessed one of the all-time great sessions of tennis ever. How's that, Catherine? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with absolutely everything you've just said. I just also really want to go to sleep. So Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a valid point. Well, to, just to put some perspective to it, I'm sitting here with a beer in my hand at the moment and I've also booked in for breakfast in an hour. So that's an interesting combination, isn't it? Well, it's just, it's just foolishness. It's just no, it's not. I can I can have a nice feed before I go to sleep, and I've had a beer. But I don't know whether that might mess my system up. Look, look at the look in your eyes. Crikey, you've just got a beer. You're not going to make mine's any... an alcohol-free beer, though. Is it? Mm. Oh well, Let's see. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, folks, if you haven't been across the results. We've just witnessed two Grand Slam semifinals, and I don't know how they could be better than what they were. The first was Naomi Osaka beating Jennifer Brady in three sets. The second was Victoria Azarenka beating uh, Serena Williams in three sets. Matt, tell me. Uh, tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. I, d- I mean, I can't, I can't believe what I've seen tonight. I'm still trying to process it. Tell him he's too perky for six <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I had butterflies in my stomach before the night had started. I, and I, I felt like it was going to be good. There was something in the air. There was something telling me that this was going to be epic. I've, I've, was it Bruce? Well, I mean, yes. Let's be honest, the world is healing. A Bruce Springsteen album announced on the day of two great semifinals of the US Open. This is what we've been waiting for. Um, Go and buy a lottery ticket, man. <laughs> Sharpish. Um, yeah, I've, I, I mean, I felt like the quarterfinal days have dragged a little bit. I, I, I was saying this to you yesterday. I thought the sort of one after another nature of those matches and none of them quite being epic had been a little bit of a chore to get through. But I was so excited about tonight and... So, so glad that both those matches delivered and then some. I mean, and, and, what a, and what an interesting selection of players they were. You know, 16 years separating them and kind of four different generations of tennis players, all at vastly different stages of their career, all of them with incredibly interesting backstories. And the tennis they played... As you said, David, I'm not sure how it could have been better. I feel like we saw the very best of tennis tonight, what the sport has to offer. And we saw it from four women spanning these generations, as you say, 22-year-old Naomi Saka, the youngest, 39 39 in a couple of weeks-year-old Serena Williams, the oldest. And it all happened 
on the anniversary of the original nine, fifty years on, which is is miraculous, really. The 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 way that's just fallen, and and all these announcements of tributes were were made today. And if you don't know the story of the original nine, it's five decades since nine female tennis players signed one dollar contracts with the promoter Gladys Hellman to compete in a a a female only tournament in Houston uh, in defiance of the male tennis establishment and it's considered the birth of women's professional tennis as we know it today the 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 nine women you might have to pre- help me with a couple of the pronunciations here uh Valerie Zeigenfuss yeah am I there with that one some of these women have just all-time brilliant names yeah that one's a corker. Billie Jean King, obviously. Nancy Ritchie. Peaches Bartkowitz. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, Christy if I Pidgeon. were going to change my name by deed poll, I'd probably change it to Peaches Bartkowitz. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Julie Heldman, Rosie Casals, Kerry Melville and Judy Dalton, who I know well from commentating with her in Australia um, a few years ago. So... <laughs> They are the reason, really, that women's tennis is where it is today, 50 years on. And you have these four women today, the greatest of all time in the eyes of many in Serena Williams. And yet some some of the other significant players of the last 20 years, but so different, so different. Because, I mean, let's take them in, in turn, the first match between Osaka and and. Um, Jennifer Brady I did fear that it might end up being a dud just because I didn't know whether Brady would be able to handle it you know she made that crack didn't she in the previous round press conference how she nearly pooped her pants she said Um, and I did think crikey this is a big old deal to come out in the Arthrash Stadium where I think you told me Matt her previous appearance there lasted 46 minutes and one game won and but from the very first moment she was on it and it was an awesome sight to see her throw up her game this game that has won all these matches this bludgeoning game of hers up against Naomi Osaka it and she was meeting fire with fire it it was the best it was the best <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the poop the pants line thing. It, it, I didn't know which way that was going to go because on one hand I was thinking, well, if that was you feeling like you were going to poop your pants, then <laughs> you deal with that situation remarkably well, and we've got nothing to worry about. But on the other hand, it's like, well, if you're going to poop your pants before the quarterfinals, then how are you going to be before your first Grand Slam semi final? Do you feel like I've said poop your pants enough, or shall I? I- I'd say not. Let's not speculate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it turned out it was the former, wasn't it? I mean, I I, I don't know whether Matt, you you went to her Zoom press conference or saw any of her quotes about her anxiety levels today. But if they were there, if they were pant pooping level, they certainly didn't affect her in any any way. I mean, that was about the tennis tonight, as far as I can tell, barring a a momentary wobble from Naomi Osaka as she went to serve for the match, just to remind us that she is, in fact, a mortal human being, which was just a modicum of reassurance. Um, Yeah, apart from that, it was just about the tennis and sensational tennis, it was. Yeah, isn't it amazing how they can play tennis like that and Naomi Osaka can hit a posty stamp in the corner with a forehand at... 80 90 miles an hour and yet when she comes to serve out for the match literally throwing the ball up in the air becomes quite a difficult (laughs) thing to do i i I love how how nerves can affect those sort of functions and it was it was quite incredible to see that because as you said i mean what what an extraordinary match this was i mean their numbers in terms of their sort of winner to unforced error ratio was extraordinary considering how hard they were hitting the ball back and forth at each other. Um, I felt like it was a validation of everything we've learned about Jennifer Brady over the last couple of weeks, that this game does match up against the very best players in the world. But I also felt like I learned something new about Jennifer Brady, which was that she's got 
tremendous grit in a match because previously she'd been winning easily. She'd been dominating. And yet suddenly she found herself not dominating and she didn't go away. In fact, she, she, she got better in that second set and took it to Osaka. So that was incredibly promising. Um, and I just felt like, remember those five points in a row that Kenin played in the Australian Open final against Muguruza? Vividly. Like that was some of the best tennis I've ever seen with my own eyes. And if I could sort of bottle that, I would. The whole match was like that. In terms of yeah. in terms of the urgency both players were playing with, and the and the conviction in their shots, and from both sides of the net, it was extraordinary. The sweet spot of tennis is two players playing the best at the same time, mm. and they did that for two hours. <laughs> which I I'm trying to think of times that I've seen that before, and it's it's. I mean, I ha I have seen it. I think there were. There were spells of the the all time great match between Federer and Nadal that we we relived uh, recently, where they both played their best at the same time. But what was beautiful about this match is the styles of them their games, and it was just a question of teeing off at each other. Sometimes, if you go and watch practice sets, you'll see players not really worrying too much where the balls go in; they just want to belt the ball at each other as hard as they possibly can and go for slightly more audacious angles and options than they normally would in a match situation because they don't have to worry about whether it's in or out. These two players were doing this in a Grand Slam semi-final and they were doing it attack, counter-attack, counter to that attack, side to side, forehands and backhands. I mean, I didn't realise that Jennifer Brady had such a massive backhand to go with this whiplash forehand and Naomi Osaka, I, I've, I think I've talked about her movement before and her ability to still get behind a ball no matter what happens to it. And she was doing that, and yet there were still some balls where they were beyond her physical capacity to deal with. Um, and seeing her find a way through it was just the, the most wonderful sight in sports, just the ultimate sport. And seeing her find gears, I mean, her that's what the champions do, isn't it? It's those gears. It's its finding a level that that you haven't previously needed to or perhaps you didn't even know was there. She, she increased her average first serve speed by six miles per hour tonight on, on all previous matches in the tournament. That's just plucking six miles per hour on your serve out of nowhere. I mean, that is... That's really a lot. You would normally expect a variance of sort of one or two miles per hour between matches, if that. She just she just came out and played one of the biggest matches of her life and found an average of six miles per hour on her first serve. It's just, <laughs> you know, you'd expect her arm to be, or shoulder to be tight maybe, and it to restrict her in some way, if, if anything. I just... just blows my mind and I mean there were concerns about Naomi Osaka's hamstring at the start of this tournament and as you said David <laughs> her movement tonight I mean there was one point where she hit a forehand a running forehand pass I, I mean I, I quite literally leapt off my chair because the ground <laughs> the ground she covered in such a short space of time and then also to have the control to whip it past Brady it was just it was one of those sort of highlight moments um I was I was trying to think what the difference was and I think you know perhaps Osaka's experience a little bit in that third set did show she really knuckled down um you mentioned Brady's backhand mm. I, I was impressed with Brady's backhand but I still think there's a there's a big difference between the quality of her forehand and her backhand. Whereas Osaka, well, that's I, started to break down. It, didn't it, the it end. did a little bit. I think the error started to flow, and there was a there was a even in the first set, she she had a break point and a second serve return, and she missed the backhand. But I just think Osaka, I don't think of really as having a forehand and a backhand. I don't distinguish between them. She can hit winners off both and they're both weapons. Um, so there's kind of, when she's playing like that, there's no, there's no place to attack. There's no place to go because she can hurt you from both sides. And that makes her so both so incredibly fun to watch, but I imagine so, so incredibly difficult to play because 
she can catch you cold off both wings. Um, and then, I mean, there was some very fine margins in the match. There was some, there were some net calls that just went Osaka's way in that final set. There was a challenge that Brady didn't do on a break point that apparently if she had challenged, it would have been in and they would have played that point again. You know, it was the finest of margins and, in a way that was in a way that felt right because they were so so evenly matched throughout I'd like to talk about the body language of Naomi Osaka throughout that match how pumped she was how every point it, there was a bit of Maria Sharapova the way she would just keep clenching a left fist before she went to serve just to jeer herself up and she would thump herself on her thigh no wonder she got a blooming thigh strapping on she was beating <laughs> the living daylights out of it um just trying to psych herself up and it occurred to me that and we've talked quite a bit about how she's found out who she is and who she wants to be over the last year and, and if you think it back it's only a year ago where she was penning open letters explaining to people how hard she was finding this role of being the be one of the great tennis players in the world and all these eyes on her um, but what I think we saw today and we've been seeing all fortnight is just how much she wants it how much she wants to win how much how what a competitor she is behind that that certain quirky personality that's f funny at times and softly spoken and unassuming but actually there is such a fire within her uh, and and I, and that makes me think that she could end up going on to be a multiple, multiple Grand Slam champion from here. You know, I, I really believe that because I think that's how much she wants it and that's how little she now worries about all the other stuff that comes with being a, a world-class player and a, and a global star. She was, she was worried about that stuff a year ago. I don't think she's worried about it anymore. Yeah, today was actually the, the first time this tournament that I... Rewatched a couple of clips, bits of footage from the final and the final, in particular, the final ceremony two years ago. I mean, obviously, I remember it vividly and it's burned on my brain, but I hadn't actually seen any of those clips this tournament. And, you know, we, we, we've talked so much. It's been a consistent narrative about the maturation and coming of age of Naomi Osaka but to actually see those images of two years ago and this lost girl up on the up on the podium in those extraordinary circumstances experiencing what should have been the best moment of her life but looking bereft um, and searching um, and those sort of scared eyes, sort of seeking seeking help about how to how to deal with 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 that moment. Um, it really, really struck me um, what a different person she is. She is now, as I think you were saying last night, Matt, that you can you can adjust to a new, you can recalibrate very, very quickly with things. And I feel like I've recalibrated to this new Naomi Osaka. Yeah, of course, she's an activist. Yeah, she's she's, you know, the next Arthur Ashe. She but <laughs> it has happened so quickly and it looks so right on her. It suits her so well to be this person. It feels like it has ever been thus all of a sudden, but it really, it really wasn't. Mm. Can, can we have a word about that final service game? Because suddenly, like you said, Matt, she's a different player in that final game. And I love it when nerves aff afflict a match and a player like that. I remember when Grigor Dimitrov was serving out for the O2 final and he just he's, you could see how, how his arm was like lead. And in the case of, of Osaka here, she she did two aborted service tosses and after that she was I got the sense she was so embarrassed by it that she did a, a double fault where she was almost having to kind of do a backflip in order to hit the ball because she was so determined not to have to say sorry again to her opponent. 
um, on the service task. You know, it was it was it was way behind her, and she's bending back, and she just about manages to get a record on the ball. Um, it is mar- amazing what it can do to these players, and yet she still found a way to win the game. Yeah, what does Mary Carella say? If you need good footwork to hit a second serve, then you're doing it wrong. And I mean, that's, as you said, that ball toss that just went miles over her left shoulder. Kind of like when you ask someone what, what their name is and you don't catch it the first two times. The third time, you've just got to go with whatever you've heard because you can't possibly ask again because it's too embarrassing. And this was the sort of ball toss equivalent of that, I thought. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was equally, it was equally impressive how she managed to compose herself. Mm. Yeah. So she's through. I think Jennifer Brady's put out enough there to be fully believing that she can take this on now, become a threat. I mean, imagine how good she could be on clay, you know, with that forehand. Yeah, I mean, it, the the Sam Stoza comparisons are suddenly piling in, aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, very understandably so. The 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 kick serve, the huge whippy um, forehand, unusual in the women's game. You know, good mover, strong, um, and you know, successful at the U.S. Open. And yeah, and on clay in Sam Stoza's case, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm interested to see her on the clay. She seems like she'll just sort of stride on to the next thing and poop her pants in a different city. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what the record for saying poop her pants on a podcast is ever. I think it's safe to say we finish it. I think we might have just, you know, nailed that. Um, The... Incidentally, just her physicality now is where you could see the confidence she had out there. That that she just felt, come on, then bring it on, Naomi. Let's 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 do this. You know, she didn't. There was not a moment where she looked physically unable to keep up at all. Um, and and I suspect uh, that will just only improve. So impressive that she kept doing that in the second set as well. Yeah, yeah. After Men- the disappointment of losing break, that, I think there are so many really really good players that would have got broken in the the first service game of that second set and 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 faded and and would have you know credited themselves with reaching the semi-final putting up a good fight against a great player and just coming up short and she backed herself to keep doing what had been good enough to very nearly win her that first set and, and bank on it on on things shifting just incrementally enough that she could get back in the match and I loved that. Mm. She really proved something by winning that second set, I think. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in, being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. 
Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So Naomi Osaka earned her place in the final and at that point in our coverage on BBC Radio we switched from our digital station uh, Sports Extra over to Five Live which is the network station and we went big on Serena Williams against Victoria Azarenka which I have to say I started to think well it can't possibly live up to what we've just seen into you know it just can't and the first point of the match, Serena Williams unleashes a forehand that almost didn't, it almost couldn't be tracked by the, the, the camera because it went so fast and it just went out. But it felt like such a statement immediately that I am going to just destroy every tennis ball that comes near me. Um, and... I felt like that may have slightly rattled Azarenka, just the the sheer force and aggression that was, was that that ball was hit with, um, and immediately two breaks of serve to Serena, four games to love she led, won the set six one, and I don't know about you, but my feeling was it, it feels like we've just got in a time machine and gone back ten twelve years to when Williams was in her 20s, the way she was running, the movement. She was all she was moving like Naomi Osaka. She's nearly 39, and she was hitting the living daylights out of the ball. And, and, and it really wobbled Azarenka, who started just terribly. What, what did you think, Catherine? Oh, yeah, it was blistering, utterly blistering. And I think it was a, a mark of the respect that Serena Williams has for Victoria Azarenka because her starts, Serena, have been really, really sluggish and she's played some really good players and she's had some proper tests. But I think she knew she simply could not get away with that today. I I think her mindset shifted completely and I don't know how... I I genuinely don't know how you can just sort of decide, oh, I, I... I can't get away with doing that today, so I won't. Um, sort of thing. Oh, well, why don't you? Why can't you trick yourself into thinking that every day? But obviously, it's you know, just doesn't psychology doesn't work like that. But she, yeah, it. She couldn't afford to give Victoria Azarenka that lead and take her time to work her way into the match as she has been doing. Um, and so she went to completely the other end of the spectrum and made pretty much as blistering a start to a tennis match as I have seen, as I have seen Serena make in, in recent memory. It was, it, it made my eyes boggle out of my head <laughs> in, at, at moments. It really did. It was like she convinced herself that Azarenka was Sharapova. I mean, mm. how many times <laughs> yeah. have we seen Serena come out with that intensity and that that aura against Sharapova and just make mincemeat of her, certainly within the first set? And that's what she did to Azarenka in the first set. She was unbelievably good, as you said, crunching the ball, moving fantastically and not allowing Azarenka any chance to settle whatsoever because she was serving well, so kind of dominating the points on her serve, and then she was returning Azarenka's second serve just so strongly. And this was the Serena that I've kept expecting to see this tournament, but I I was beginning to doubt whether she had that level of tennis in her, to be honest, because I thought I thought we might see it against Sloane Stephens. I thought we might see it against Zachary. I thought we might see it against Peronkova. I kept expecting her to raise her level in this tournament. And she was saving it for today, it seemed. And I'd, as you said, I don't know how you can turn that tap on and off and have control oh, over I, that. I need to be better today, so I just will be. It's remarkable. <laughs> it was like the... It was like the um, very revealing, candid, uh, enlightening uh, pre-match interview with Victoria Azarenka. 
uh, where she was asked about her poor record against Serena in Grand Slams. What do you need to do to get the win tonight? Uh, play better. <laughs> All right, I will then. <laughs> she treated that pre-match interview with the contempt it deserved. It was, yep. it was great. <laughs> yes. uh, she, but I, th- I actually think that generally speaking, these two players just really like each other and really love competing against mm. each other, and they just get off on it, and they just, they're just buzzing. You know how sometimes you see certain players that when they're in each other's company, they're buzzing. Because they just want to go up against each other again and relive old times. Some of the great rivalries. I know. I know it's a very one-sided rivalry in the numbers of of matches one eighteen four. But there's been so many corkers in there, and I, I think the thing with Azarenka is she is a player that is it, she's a street fighter of a tennis player, and she comes out. She wants to. She wants to rumble. She wants to have a ruck. And she's playing the ultimate player in the world in Serena Williams, historically at the, at the very least. And, and that's what gets her juices flowing. I think that for Serena, the, the, it was just a question of she knew that actually Azarenka was playing better than her coming into this match. And therefore, if she's going to compete, she's got to just go to the limits right from the first ball. Um, and, and that's what she did. And uh, and that makes the the comeback of Azarenka all the more astounding to me, that she could stomach a, a, a pummeling like that, where she just didn't really have much of a say in matters, and then find a zone of her own. I mean, Azarenka had about a 40-minute spell where she was in what you would just say is, I'm in the zone. She couldn't do anything wrong. She, it didn't matter what Serena did, she had an answer to it. Her movement was incredible. The shots down the line, the counter-attacking. I mean, it's not like... I mean, Serena did had a couple of games where she started missing. But for the most part, it was about Azarenka. I, I, the, the swings, the roundabouts of that match were just amazing. Yeah, it, it, in, in a very similar situation as what we've just discussed with Serena, it was like Azarenka went... Oh, well, I'll need to play a lot better in the second set then. Make it so. And and it was so. 12 winners, one unforced error, and I think about 80% first serves in. Imagine just being able to decide that you're going to hit 12 winners and one unforced error in a match, in a set. Ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, because there were all those quotes, weren't there, pre-match from Azarenka about how how she loves the challenge of playing Serena. And as you said, David, if other players giving those quotes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily believe them. But I did with Azarenka. And, and she really displayed that in the second set, not to get disheartened by what had happened to her in that first set and, and said, and just take on that challenge and embrace it and make herself play better. Um, and I think from Serena's perspective, I agree, her level didn't, didn't drop that much. It dropped a little bit, but not that much. And I, I don't know whether that makes this an even harder defeat to swallow in in that respect, because the the slam losses she's had in recent times, she's been able to put put down to the fact that she wasn't playing her best. Something happened on that day for her not to be able to play her best. Well, she played as close to her best as I've seen her play in a long, long time today, and she didn't win. And a lot, a lot of yeah. that was to do with the opponent being so good. But in the past, that didn't used to matter. Serena still won, even when her opponent played like that. And so for Serena, that, that's got to be hard to accept. If I think about those four Grand Slam finals she lost to Simona Halep and Bianca Andreescu, um, can't even remember who the others who are against now. Kerber. Uh, Naomi Osaka and Kerber. I don't think she played as well in those matches as she played tonight agreed um i think Mm. she was she played pretty much how she would have wanted to play tonight which i mean is an incredible testament to what azarenka put up there because when they went into the third set it felt like williams just decided right well i'm i'm i don't i'm gonna just hit the ball as hard as i possibly can now And, and it kept her in in the match and it was still handled by azarenka we had the one injury concern for Williams where she she juddered to a stop and and then s- sort of stayed leaning on a racket in a in a position for quite some time 
worried about what I thought initially was an ankle issue, but which I think she's subsequently uh, corrected that she overstretched her Achilles and she was just a little bit concerned about it. Doesn't sound like. I mean, she she did say, "Look, that's not why I lost the match." She was very quick to to say that, and and she's also confirmed that she does intend to go to Paris and play the French Open, which is 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 a big news, big news item, I think, a big deal. Um, you you but, sounded um, like Nadal there, a big news or a yeah. big new. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that I'm compared to Nadal in, in the whole world, um, but. Yeah, it was um, – when that happened, I also sensed just total despondency from Williams, despair, that how can this tennis not be enough? How can I – how can this not get it done? And I did feel quite sorry for her in that moment. I mean, look, she's <laughs> she's got a wonderful life. She's She is – I think she's a, uh, the greatest, uh, certainly ahead of Margaret Court. I mean, if if, any, if you wanted to argue anybody was an equivalent of Serena Williams, I'd be looking more personally at Steffi Graf with her Golden Slam and Martina Navratilova and Chrissy Everett with not only 18 slams, but their incredible rivalry and the, the, the tour titles they've won. They would all be ahead of Margaret Court in my eyes. Um, but I do... I do feel for Serena in 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 that she wants it so badly and it's it's still not happening. Um, and maybe maybe she's not going to be able to get over the line. But my word, do I love the fact that she's trying so hard. Yeah, I'd echo all of that. I think uh, I think there are there are players that are better than her now, and those players aren't getting any fewer. Um, and I think. You know, a lot of them were eliminated from the equation at this tournament. And obviously this tournament presented additional challenges that, that you wouldn't have at other Grand Slam tournaments. But equally, a lot of the challenges were taken away from Serena, players that have been getting the better of her in recent years. Obviously, most notably Bianca Andreescu. Um, so I will I will never write Serena Williams off. Um but it's not going to get any easier, and I think she is reliant on on luck now. Luck being a a significant factor, and plenty of Grand Slam champions have relied on have needed luck. That doesn't mean she's not going to do it. But I don't think her just playing her best tennis is enough anymore. Well, one of the bits of luck. I think that is required is for her to still be fully fit and at the level she was today and there to be a Wimbledon <laughs> because yeah. it's, you know, if she could have a Wimbledon playing like this followed by a US open playing like this, maybe, mm. you know, I mean, look, she, she doesn't, I tell you where she needs the luck is she needs to not run into somebody playing lights out tennis the way that Halep and Andrescu and then today, and Azarenka do did. I mean, it's it is mind blowing what they, the levels those three players produced. But there that's usually a, is somebody somebody playing lights out tennis, isn't there? Because that's usually what it takes mm. to win a slam. Yeah. Goodness, what a day! <laughs> yeah, you. We sort of started this conversation talking about the original nine, and I just remembered a quote that Billie Jean King gave today. She was. She was in the stadium, I think, working for ESPN, doing some interviews. And, and she said that this is the epitome of what we dreamed of. You know, this was women getting the spotlight, sharing the stage, getting the pay, getting the respect that they deserve. And, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought those words from Billie Jean put it perfectly in terms of the significance of these matches happening on this day. And I also loved what... What struck me about the the celebration of the original nine today, and it's a, it's a desperate shame that they weren't able to to do everything that was originally planned, which was to for this salute to happen on on Women's Finals Day with them all there, obviously because of the restrictions and the times we live in. But given given the studies we've done on Arthur Ashe and Althea Gibson recently, and how 
gut wrenching it was to to speak to all those people about the unveiling of the Althea Gibson statue last year. So many years after she had died and so long overdue and a moment that she never she never got to see and, and appreciate and feel appreciated for. Um, well, all, all of the original nine are still with us, thank goodness. Um, so they got to enjoy being honoured today and, and they'll, they'll enjoy it for the next few weeks i think there's a on the actual anniversary in september there's there's an event being held that mary carillo's involved in and they got to 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 witness their legacy tonight and that's just a glorious heartwarming thought and an antidote to to some of the the heartbreak we felt learning about althea gibson's story um and how she never never felt honoured or appreciated in her lifetime. So, um, yeah, that felt very, very, very poignant today. And and the words of Victoria Azarenka on the court afterwards, I mean, there were many, uh, pretty much everything she said was quotable and, and heartwarming and, and tear-inducing. Um, tear-jerking is the expression, isn't it? It's like 6.25 in the morning. Um but she said she was asked about, you know, how does it feel to be a mum and to be an, an inspiration? And she just sort of off the cuff came out with this turn of phrase about, um, yeah, I'm a mum and I, you know, I, I, I hope I am an inspiration and an example to mums out there. And I hope, I hope I'm showing, showing women and showing people that you can be more than one thing. I'm, I'm a mum, but I'm also a, a ruthless competitor. I being a mum is the most important thing to me, but that doesn't diminish my desire to achieve things on a personal level. I'm still allowed allowed to have selfish desires and dreams and wants, even though I'm a I'm a mother, which is a fundamentally selfless pursuit. And I love that. You know, the the world often wants to. Well, I mean, pigeonhole people generally, but I think in particular women. Um, and wants you to be just one thing and, and define yourself. Well, what are you? Are you a mum or are you something else? Are you, you know, are you a, all sorts of things? Are you a, are you a girly girl or are you a tomboy? Those sorts of things, you know, and I just thought off the cuff in a completely natural, um, unprovoked kind of a way. She just, she's, she spoke some real poetry tonight and it was, it was just lovely. Really, really lovely. Hmm. By the way, no fans in the stadium. Two things that occurred to me. One is how special that was, how cool it was to see, just see these competitors going at it like they're in, in their own private backyard match and we've got to watch it and witness it. And then the other thing that occurred to me is, oh, yeah, but imagine if there were fans imagine the imagine the reaction to some of those exchanges so what i would really have loved is just to be able to watch it all as we've just done and then kind of erase that memory bank for a minute and go back and have it all again with the fans there like a switch a toggle to just go on and off if i want it it's never enough for me is it <laughs> i have to say i i really missed the fans I loved it. I loved it. And I really, I don't disagree with any of the points. Oh my God, it's getting light outside. Um, <laughs> I Welcome don't to disagree. my 2020 US <laughs> Open. <laughs> I don't disagree with any, any of the, the, the points about, you know, the, the raw intensity and in appreciating that. I really, really did. Um, but every, for, for every ounce that I appreciated the raw intensity of the competition, there were two ounces of missing the atmosphere created by by fans. I really missed them. People would have been high-fiving to oh. in the crowds. Well, Mary Quillo was in the stadium and she thought that perhaps the, the actual quality of the match was possibly enhanced by the fact that there weren't crowds and it was just this this intimate experience between the two players. I can't disagree with that, but I would... I would want fans for the sense of occasion and the 
as you said, to punctuate those great moments. And I, I really, really miss fans. And I cannot wait to to have them back one day. And it, that day when it comes, when 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 the stadiums are full again, and I I have to believe that that will happen. That day is going to be so incredibly, incredibly special. It'll happen, Matt. Right then. So we've got a final between Naomi Osaka and Victoria Azarenka. I'm Can't not wait. answering that question, David. Well, you've got to, Catherine, because I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. You might, you're, you're not here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. It's interesting how... Obviously, it's a repeat of the final that didn't happen at the Western Southern Open. In a way, now, I'm quite glad it didn't happen because I'm, I'm quite looking forward to just going into this final with, yeah. with no preconceptions about it whatsoever and not having, not having anything at all to go off and just, just wondering how they will match up against each other. It, it sort of adds, adds more excitement, I think, that, that there's so much unknown about it. Yeah, I must say, I, I really don't know who... I, I can't figure out who's going to win. I think I'd probably go Osaka, but, oh dear, really tough, isn't it? I'm going to live in an alternate universe where they both win. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Right, doubles final it has been won by Mate Pavic and Bruno Suarez, seven five six three over Wesley Kulhoff and Nikola Mektic. And the wheelchair competitions started today in the quarterfinal stages. Um, Jordan Wiley, I was watching, and she went down 6-3-6-4 to De Groot of the Netherlands. Uh, Dylan Alcott won today. Uh, Stefan Uday lost to... Let me see. What's his name? It's Gustavo Fernandez. Yes, that's right. Uh, and Andy Lapthorne came back from his, from well from one set all he won two sets to one against uh, David Wagner and Alvie Hewitt beat Gordon Reed six love six two so there's a few highlights from the wheelchair competition which will carry on for the next few days good luck to the blokes tomorrow night <laughs> following this <laughs> hey come on Pablo Carina Buster and Alexander Zverev and Dominic Team and uh, and um, Daniel Medvedev see what you got what do you think. Can they? I, I think one of them will be very good. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you the order of play tomorrow. It starts with the women's doubles final at uh, noon local time with Nicole Melika and... Yifanju. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> against uh, Laura Sigmund and Vera Zvonareva. And then the first of the singles semifinals in the men's is at four o'clock local time, at nine o'clock UK, public arena buster against Alexander Zverev to be that, followed that's by... That's the one Matt was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I love the way they say, not before 5.30. So they've got, they got a four o'clock and then they've got a not before 5.30 just in case Karina Buster and Zverev finishes an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, and then it's Medvedev against team. I think it's just hopeful they're not, they're not before <laughs> 5.30. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't, I mean, I look, I, I don't want to throw any disrespect at Karina Buster and Zverev. It, it is just, it is just a difficult match to get really psyched for. Maybe it'll be great, but it, it's I not, find that a difficult one. It's not a great stylistic matchup. I mean, obviously there's a, no. there's a slight, you know, there's, there's no hiding from it. Pablo Karina Buster is a, is a tough sell outside of tennis, isn't he? He is not, a charismatic personality he seems like an absolutely lovely bloke but he's 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 a tough sell and it's our job to to try and sell sell tennis mm. he, um, he's a good opponent i kind mm. of feel like when he played shapovalov he was a great foil for him um and and he's a great foil for other top players but yeah i know what you mean yeah i, do, I just think stylistically that one could be bit of a test of endurance um but i'm looking forward to the second one and i hope medvedev is fit who's going to win these two matches uh, i'm going to go for zverev and i'm going to go for team agreed i'm going to agree okay we're all agreed okay right well it is now six thirty-four a.m and up with the partridge 
yeah, which means my uh, my fry up, my full English breakfast, which I'm about to have, is uh, is going to be ready for me in just a few minutes' time. I better finish my beer first, uh, and also just get the files in the old folder for Matt to edit until about nine a.m. God, I haven't even um, taken my makeup off, off from last night yet, and you're going for no. breakfast. It's, Catherine's still in her TV this makeup. Is the wildest <laughs> I've ever. Yeah, I've still got fake lashes on. <laughs> Those are fake lashes. I could peel them off before you're right. There you go. Oh, there goes one. No, you're one. right. It's okay. I mean, I don't oh really... My oh, word. my word. <laughs> that is weird, isn't it? What is that? I've never seen this stuff before, Matt. Have you? There goes the other one. No. There you go. And, oh, my... I'm not I'm sure how out. I feel about there's stuff, it. There's TV stuff that goes on that we know nothing about. I mean, All of it. You know, you're a podcast man. I'm a radio man. This is new ground. Um, can we also just send our very best wishes to Julie in Canada, who's been unwell in hospital. Uh, she's got a big operation coming up. Uh, we're thinking of you, Julie. She sent us the loveliest email today. And, um, you know, she's, she's one of our great supporters and listeners for, for over the years. And, uh, and you know, we, we just send you our best. Oh, Julie, yeah, thinking of you. Yeah. All the best. Really thinking of you, Julie. I think, I think she's been Kickstarter backer number one. Two years in a row has Julie. She's quick on the draw. Yeah, she's great. So get well soon, Julie. And uh, we will be hopefully asleep in about two hours' time after I've had my breakfast. Um, Good night, good morning, and uh, have a lovely sleep. Is that right? Is that about right? (laughs) This really feels like mid-morning matters now. (laughs) Okay, folks, uh, we'll be back with more tennis podcasts tomorrow. Zeus, Today. Zeus. We'd just like to say thank you to Zeus for being our US Open mascot. And, uh, yeah, that means we're going to be back tomorrow with more tennis podcast action, uh, assuming that uh, I can have enough breakfasts and sleeps and do the commentary that I need to do. And we all get together and we'll do it all again. See you then. Bye. 